Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River, how you doing? Good morning, good morning. Hey, welcome to the unofficial end of summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, but welcome, on a lighter note, welcome to the official beginning of the end of the year. Uh, kind of disappointing, actually, huh? Kind of disappointing. Hey, listen, in this world, there is a lot to be disappointed in. And beginning this weekend for the entire month of September, we are going to kind of hang out in that area uh, topic-wise in disappointment in a way that's, that, that we can all relate to it, all right? And, and specifically, here's what I'm talking about. Disappointment in people, all right? And even more specifically, throughout the month, disappointment in ourselves, disappointment in other people, and even disappointment in God. We're gonna lean into those things. But we must deal with disappointment because if we don't, disappointment will take us down. And if we're not careful, if we don't deal with disappointment in the right ways, it will even lead to broken faith. And we've seen that in other people, certainly. We've read stories, we've, we've, we've seen things. It might even happen to us. We might even be there. I mean, I don't know if you readily admit this, but some people, some of us are kind of in that place right now, right? Just kind of disappointment has, has wrecked you. And you might even be on your last leg like Jesus. I just, you know, if you're real, I need you to really come through. I think this might be the answer to a prayer or a thought like that. So we just thank God that, that we're here together today. Um, but disappointment, right? So how do we deal with it? We can come up with some good ideas. I just made a quick list. Um, here's some things. We could yell, all right? Some of us are really good at yelling. Anybody love yelling? Okay, yeah. Point to the person next to you. No, just kidding. Okay, so some people are really good at yelling. We could do something similar, maybe like scream. All right, some of us are screaming. Oh, I got a good one. Scream for ice cream. We could do that. Just fill our face with like dairy delight until, you know, it just melts away. Disappointment is a thing in the past, right? I'm really good at that, okay? What if we just ignore it? Some of us love ignoring that. Just, I'll just forget it about it eventually. Or how about we just fill up our Amazon shopping cart? Mm-hmm. And get that little dopamine hit in the brain as the, it releases that chemical in the bloodstream as we anticipate the arrival of those packages or delivery. I mean, man, if we could do that, right? Kind of avoid the problem. Like, or does God have something better? Might God have something better, a better way for us to deal with disappointment? And the good news is he does, and it's called the gospel, okay? So we're gonna dive into that in just a few minutes. We're gonna take this idea or this thing. You might say, I know what the gospel is, but what the heck does it have to do with, with today? We're gonna, we're gonna reel it in, and we're gonna take the gospel from an idea or a thing that is kind of out there somewhere, and we're gonna, we're gonna apply it to our lives today when it comes to disappointment. This weekend, we're asking the specific question, how do we deal with self-disappointment? Like, how do I deal with disappointment when it has to do with me, when I'm disappointed in myself? Like when we look in the mirror and we see someone that just did that thing that was bad. Like how could I, how could I do that, 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 that thing, right? And maybe nobody else even knows, right? Or, or how do we deal with disappointment? Like, like when we look in the mirror and and it's like, man, I, I should have done that 
good thing. So it's not that I did a bad thing, but I kind of like didn't do the good thing that I should have done. Man, I really missed that opportunity. How do we deal with disappointment in ourselves? What we're gonna do is we're gonna look to God's word and we're gonna see two very different answers. Now, only one of the answers is good. Only one of them inspires hope and restores joy. Only one of them is from the Father who loves us. The other one is from the Father of lies. So we have to be very careful which path we take when it comes to dealing with disappointment. But before we go any further, because we don't want to do this thing alone called faith, right? We, we want to invite God. We're going to ask God for his help as a church, as a Fox River community. So let's go to him in prayer and see if he just might come through and, and do a little heart surgery in the next few minutes as we hang out, okay? Father, we thank you for today. God, it's a gift. We didn't make ourselves wake up. Lord, you allowed us to wake up. When we weren't thinking about it, have we ever thought about this or made this happen? The answer is no. But Lord, we didn't even think about it and you kept our heart beating last night. You kept our lungs breathing last night. You kept our brain activity at a sufficient level. God, we thank you for that. Those are gifts of grace from you. And God, here we are. Lord, I pray that we would hear from you today. I pray that when we hear from you, Lord, we would understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, even more, we pray this. God, that when we hear, when we understand, Lord, that you would help us by your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us to respond to your good news in faith. God, that we might even leave here a changed people after having spent time with each other, absolutely, but after having spent time with you, Lord Jesus. God, and above all, we pray this, Lord Jesus, that you alone would be glorified. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Hey, let's turn to Matthew 27. Matthew 27, turn there in your Bible or your digital device of choice. As we get into Matthew 27, we're going to look at a guy named Judas. Judas Iscariot, to be exact. But Judas, there's one thing we got to know about Judas. He was one of the 12 disciples. All right. So he was kind of in this, this inner circle of followers of Jesus. So Judas is one of the 12 disciples. And over the past three years, Judas has spent nearly every moment with Jesus. It seems, at least on the surface, it seems that they're tight, that they're really good friends. But here's the thing. Behind the scenes, Judas makes a deal with the enemies of Jesus, those who hated him. He makes a deal with the Jewish leaders of the day, the priests and the elders. He makes a deal to deliver Jesus into their hands because they wanted to kill him. And it all becomes official when they pay Judas 30 pieces of silver. And then the night before Jesus is crucified, right, because Jesus he was crucified on Good Friday, right? So, so the night before, this is Thursday night, the night before Jesus is crucified, Judas leads a mob, all right, a group of Jesus haters right to where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is arrested. And then early on the morning of Good Friday, we're talking like three hours before Christ is crucified, this happens. All right, so... 
Matthew 27, we're going to start in verse 1. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, Pontius Pilate, the governor. Verse 3. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I've sinned, Judas said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. But what is it to us, they replied. That's your responsibility, Judas. Verse five. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and he hanged himself. Judas saw Jesus and he changed his mind. Judas realized that he had sinned because Jesus is innocent. Now let's just pause there for a second. There's, there's a couple possibilities I just want to explore just, just for a second. Because this whole idea of, of Judas experienced remorse or, or Judas repented as we see in some translations, what's, what's really going on there, okay? Repentant means he changed his mind, okay? So Judas changed his mind about this. He sees what's happening and he wants out. That's really what's happening, okay? So here's two possibilities. Why would he feel that way? Here's, here's one possibility. We know from Romans chapter two that God has written his law on the hearts of every man and woman who ever lived. Now, we call that a conscience. That's how it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter when you lived, no matter what part of the world that you lived in, you know the difference between right and wrong. So it's possible that Judas changes his mind because he sees Jesus, Jesus is about to get murdered and he doesn't deserve it because Jesus is a really good guy. He's a really nice guy. And, and oh, I'm involved. I'm implicated. Ah, I, I'm changing my mind. I want out. So that's one possibility. Here's the second possibility. I think this, this second possibility is unlikely, if you ask my personal opinion, for what it's worth. It has zero worth, by the way, but, but like, it, it's possible that Judas finally realizes that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is Messiah, that Jesus is Lord. It's possible. And then all of a sudden, Judas is faced with regret, remorse. And here's what happens. He goes and he confesses to the priests and elders. He even returns the 30 pieces, right? He, he throws it. He's so disgusted with himself. He's just so disappointed. He's like, he just throws it. But notice, do not miss this. This is so, so critically important. Notice who he does not go and confess to. He doesn't go to God. Huge detail that is often missed behind the words in Scripture. Huge detail. At any rate, though, Judas is like really disappointed in himself, okay? How could I do such a thing? I'm involved in a murder. How, how, could I, how could I do, how, how did this happen? How do we get to this point? And the answer is this, the same way 
that any other sinner does something terrible or gets to a point in their lives where they're like, what, what happened, how did I get here? See, because each of us has a particular problem, and it's this, we're sinners. And what do sinners do? They sin, yeah. It's like a big problem, huh? Why can't I stop doing it? Because you're a sinner. <laughs> Pastor Bill, how come you did? Because he's a sinner. Huh. This is true even for Christians. Because becoming a Christian doesn't make you perfect. Becoming a Christian makes you forgiven. See the difference there? And just for clarity, and let's just put something on the table. Jesus, or sorry, no, Jesus definitely was. Judas was not a Christian. He was not a believer. Right? He never got to a point in his life where he believed and then trusted in God to save. Like, I can't save myself. I'm trusting in you to save. He never got to that point. And Judas is now in hell. And the reason he's in hell is because he never trusted God to save him. It's not because he committed suicide. That's a terrible lie that the church has been carrying around for a couple thousand years, that if you commit suicide, you go to hell. You will not find that in God's word. Whether you go to heaven or hell has nothing to do with if you take your life or not. It has everything to do with if you've trusted Jesus to save you from your sins. In his disappointment, and we see this ultra clearly, in his disappointment, Judas despaired. And if we don't deal with our self-disappointment, self-disappointment can quickly and easily lead to self-destruction. And that's a tragedy that some of us are unfortunately so well acquainted with. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna back up one chapter. We're gonna go to Matthew 26, and we're gonna look at a guy named Peter. So as we get into Matthew 26, it's gonna be towards the end of the chapter, but as we look at this guy named Peter, here's one thing, there's a lot we can talk about, but here's one thing that we should all just know about Peter. He was one of the 12 disciples, so he was in this inner circle who hung out with Jesus. Basically, over the past three years, Peter spent almost every moment close to Jesus. They were pretty tight. They were really good friends. Now, like we said before, Jesus crucified and he died on Good Friday, right? So the night before, that's Thursday night. On Thursday night, Christ was arrested. And we know from scripture, Matthew 26, which we're getting into now, that when Jesus was arrested, all the disciples, they deserted him and they, they fled. If I do this quick enough, I'll be able to get off camera. <laughs> Oh, they're good. You, you guys are ready. Okay, okay. All right. So they, they took off. Jesus arrested. They just took off. All right? They didn't do it in a fun little cute way like that. They just, they just man, they were freaked out. Like, oh, man, it's happening. I'm out of here. But then we also see, just a few verses after that, we see that Peter, right, even though he deserted Jesus, even though he fled, right, strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter, right, took off. Even though he does that, Peter follows Jesus as he's arrested. But he doesn't follow him closely now. He follows him at a distance. He's like, I want, I want to get too close because, man, I might be arrested next. 
So let's get into it. Matthew 26, this is verse 69. That's where we'll start. Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard. All right, quick pause. Jesus is inside the high priest's house at this time, and he's, he's being put on trial for the first time. He's going to experience a bunch of different trials over the next hours, but this is the first one. So Jesus is inside the house. Peter is outside in the courtyard. Remember, he's following Jesus at a distance. Can we say distance together? Ready? Distance. Okay, good. He's following Jesus at distance. So verse 69. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. And here's what she says. You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it before them all, because there's a bunch of people around, right? He said, I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then Peter went out to the gateway, because the courtyard, like, getting a little too hot. I got to get somewhere a little more comfortable or people might not notice me. So he goes out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow, he was with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter denied it again with an oath this time. He says, I don't know the man. Verse 73. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and they said to him, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. We can tell you're from the north. Just like Jesus was. You're from Galilee. I could tell. You don't sound like us. All right? Verse 74. Then Peter began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered something. He remembered the word Jesus had spoken. So, so Jesus told Peter something before. And all of a sudden, Peter is remembering this. Here, here let me tell you what it is. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside, and Peter wept bitterly. And Peter is just like, so disappointed. How could I, how could I do something like this? I denied my Lord. How could I do this? I even told him. I even told him I wouldn't do it. When he said, yeah, the rooster, you didn't deny me three times. The rooster, I said, no, I will not. I will always follow you. I even told you so. I'll never pick up that bottle again. I'll never visit that same way. I'll never go on the computer to websites like that again. I will never treat my wife and kids that poorly ever again. Yet here he is, right? Something we can relate to. I told God I wouldn't, but, but here I am in this place, and I can't believe it. It happened. And he is so disappointed in himself, and he weeps. You see, one of the major differences between Judas, the first guy we looked at, and Peter, who we're looking at right now, one of the major differences between them is this. Peter's a Christian, how do you know that, Bill? Because <laughs> Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ earlier in the Gospel of Matthew. And then Jesus even affirms that Peter is a Christian in John chapter 13, in that, the beginning of that last supper scene, actually right before the foot washing. So we know that Peter is a Christian. He's a believer. Yet Peter still denies Christ, doesn't he? And he still suffers from supreme self-disappointment. 
And if we just take, like, let's just allow this to ourselves for a second. Let's just take a step back from the text and, and notice something. There's a progression, there's a pattern that happens. And here's what the pattern is. Distance, denial, disappointment. See how that plays out? You get that distance, right? Peter followed Jesus at a distance. That opens the door for the devil to come in and just get the tiniest of footholds, right? It's like, oh, I think I can get in there. And then, and then all of a sudden that denial takes place. And that denial takes place and then you're just kind of struck with this, this feeling like, oh, I'm so, so disappointed in myself. That's how it happened with Peter. We see it right there in the text. And we know that's how it happens in our life too. So let's get eyes on it together as a church this weekend, right? Are you a Christian? Are you somebody who's following Jesus at a distance? Like you believe in him, you've trusted him to save you, but man, you just don't want anybody to know about it. Like you shudder at the thought of your coworkers finding out that you're a Christian. Does it worry you if you're on a high school team or club of some kind or, or your classroom? Does it worry you that they might find out that you love the Lord? Are you worried about this? That your spouse might find out that you love Jesus more than him or her? Oh man, I hope that never happens. They'd probably leave me. We'd get in a big fight and we'd never be able to resolve. Like, So you follow Jesus at a distance, silently, right? Maybe it's not verbal, but silently denying him. Carrying around this disappointment in yourself because something inside just tells you, man, I shouldn't be doing this. If that's the case, I pray right now, this weekend, that the Holy Spirit would absolutely devastate you and bring you to your physical and spiritual knees. Not so that you might fall into deep despair, but that you might fall into the deepness of God's grace. Let me share with you a verse. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And, and God designed this thing called grief or sorrow. He, he designed those feelings of remorse. He, and, and here's what I mean by that. Check this out. This is, again, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See the difference? Two kinds of sorrows. There's godly sorrow and there's Worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to salvation. Leads to life. Leads to you being saved. Worldly sorrow leads to death. I mean, you see how it played out with Judas and Peter, right? You know how this works in your own life, right? I mean, maybe God, maybe you never saw this or noticed this before, but maybe just in an instant you can look back and see in your life the times that you leaned on God, even in the worst of times, how he came through and he was faithful and he showed you his faithfulness and he gave you his grace, right? In the times that you just kind of went away from him, 
didn't turn out so good. See, that leads us to the second difference, the second major difference between Judas and Peter. Judas, in his disappointment, you might even say worldly sorrow, what did he do? He runs away from God. But Peter, in his self-disappointment, he runs to God. Woo! Jesus was crucified and he died on Good Friday, right? And early on Sunday morning, Peter is still suffering from self-disappointment, okay? So Jesus died on Friday. What's happening on Sunday morning? Peter is still in this place of like, man, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I denied my Lord. Just carrying that around. Think about some of us, and I'm not trying to bring anybody down right now. I'm just trying to, like, like, let's experience this. Let's appreciate what Peter is feeling. You know how some people have died in our lives, and you think back to the last time you saw them or, or the last time you hung out with them, and it's just not the best memory. It's like, oh. I wish I could just have one more time with them and, and apologize. Or one more time, just have a good interaction or have fun together or some, even just something meaningful because last time I was just like, hey, what's up? You know, I mean, it's like, I just wish it could have been different, right? And Peter's feeling that. But on top of it, he's like, man, I just, I just treated Jesus so bad. I denied him. The Gospel of Luke tells us when Peter denied Christ, like when he kept saying, no, 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 the rooster crows, Jesus and him made eye contact. So Peter's carrying that around the rest of Friday, Saturday, and now into Sunday. Peter's still disappointed in himself. But watch this. In John chapter 20, we see Peter sprinting to an empty tomb. And he's got a couple thoughts competing in his mind. He's like, man, did somebody steal the body? Right? Or, or I think Jesus talked, I can't quite remember too clearly, but, but has our Lord been resurrected? Right? And it turns out, just a few verses after that, in John chapter 20, it turns out that he believes Christ is risen. So while Judas, in his disappointment, runs away from God, Peter, in his disappointment, runs to God. This is the gospel. This is a beautiful picture of the gospel. See, here's what the gospel, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He rose three days later for our life. Here's what the gospel forwards or forges the way for us in. That when we're disappointed, when we do something we shouldn't have done, when we don't step into an opportunity that God provided, right, we fail to follow him. Here's what the gospel gives us. Because Jesus made a way. It gives us a way back to God. We can always come to God, always. You see, the Lord knows all things. He understands what happened in the past. He sees what's going on in your life right now. And he knows every single detail of your future. Yet he still chose you. He still died for you. He still loves you. And he knew all the mess. He's like, I know when you turn on me, it's not gonna make you perfect. It's just gonna make you forgiven. And we got a long road to go as my Holy Spirit conforms you to the image of Christ. I know there's messes, many of them ahead, but I still choose you. Jesus made a way for sinners to come to God for the first time. But Jesus also made a way, even for believers, I'm talking to you, church, 
to be receivers of God's grace. You're not too far gone. You haven't somehow turned that corner in a way that God would not receive you back. Nicole and I, we recently dropped um, our oldest child, Gwenny, off at college in Virginia, at Liberty University. We're so proud of her, like so proud of her. And, but as we dropped her off, man, I was, I was just reflecting on the past 18 years that we had with her as our daughter in our home. I was just so disappointed in myself. And I was like heartbroken. I was like, man, we should have, I shouldn't have yelled so much, you know? I, first children get a lot of that sometimes. Just yell like, ah. I'm like, I should have I yelled less and I should have hugged more. I should have spent more minutes with her drinking coffee and less hours working and exercising. And we should have read more of God's word together. We should have. There were so many conversations, so many discussions, so many laughs and smiles and, and tears of just mutual pain and tears of mutual joy that we just left on the table. And I'm just so disappointed with myself because I know I should have been a better father to her. I should have. I should have been a better dad. So what do I do? How do I deal with this self-disappointment? So I can't go back. <laughs> There's no do-overs. So what do I do? Do I let th this disappointment continue to consume me? Do I ride the downward spiral of disappointment just down, down, down until it destroys me? Do I allow it to break my faith? I hope a lot of us are asking that same question. Like, what do I do in my self-disappointment? So I could do those things. I don't want to go back to that place. I've done that. Or is there another way? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is. I could turn to God. And I could run to his outstretched and open arms. Right, I could receive forgiveness and joy and life. You see, because of the gospel, I can follow Jesus once again. I can. And I can smile once again. Now, maybe you're in a place like, I don't even know what that looks like, Bill. Honestly. Well, here's what following Jesus once again might look like today. You go to next afterwards. Specifically designed for those of us who are like, man, I don't know what my next step is. You can do that because of the gospel. God is like, come on, let's go. Get back on the horse. Let's run together. We can outrun the horse that you were about to get on. Let's go. You know, it's like, man, that's awesome. God, God's grace, right? By God's grace, because he died for our sins and he rose for our life. By God's grace, May disappointment drive us from crisis 
to Christ. Come to him for the first time today. Come back to him for maybe even the millionth time today. Follow him once again. I just wonder if any of us are dealing with self-disappointment. I just wonder if any of us might be able to use these next few moments to return to God's grace. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.